Welcome back to another episode of the Behavioral Economics and Marketing Podcast Series. This is Sandra thomas Commonall. This season is entitled Lessons from the Fire, in which I will explore behavioral economics, marketing, professional, and personal development through having recently experienced a natural disaster. In this episode, I will be speaking on achieving optimal outcomes with backwards induction. And before I get started, I wanted to say that backwards induction is a powerful and versatile tool to have in your decision-making tool belt. Whether you are making a marketing, leadership, or personal decision, backwards induction can help. If you are looking to launch a new product, backwards induction can help. Or if you're looking to open a new location, undersell your competitor, or develop a marketing budget, backwards induction can help. If you are looking to restructure your company, decide between multiple employees to hire or decide an incentive for your employees, including a mix of bonuses, salary, and commissions. Backwards induction can help. And on a personal level, backwards induction can be employed in all manner of decisions, and I practice what I preach. I use backwards induction in a multitude of personal and professional decisions. A great example is when my family was trying to decide whether or not to adopt a second cat or not. Uh, We used backwards induction and subjectively weighted utility model. But I also wanted to say that the backwards induction model is not a foolproof method. It is a subjective one. You have to personally assign a probability to each possible outcome and branch of the model. Additionally, there are things that can happen that you could never plan for. There are illnesses, accidents, and of course, natural disasters. But I want to say that though you cannot necessarily plan for unfortunate or unexpected experiences, these are the moments that define you, your growth, and your future just as much as if if not more than the moments that you meticulously and perfectly plan for. Further, it is in these moments that you will experience the most growth. And I would like to use the example of a sapling to drive this point home. Generally speaking, trees need only a few things to survive, water, sunlight, nutrients, and CO2. If the tree or sapling is lacking any of these things, it will overcompensate in those areas. For example, if the ground around it lacks water, the sapling will push its energy in growing its roots towards soil that has water and nutrients. When the sapling grows its roots, not only does it find the water that it is looking for, it will also be more steady and rooted in the ground. Now imagine that the sapling is surrounded by very tall trees. The sapling will be overshadowed and won't receive the sunlight that it needs. So the little sapling puts all of its energy into growing as tall as it can until it can get that sunlight that it needs. The sapling will grow where it needs to the most. The key is that it doesn't put all of its energy into growing in one direction and ignoring its other needs. Just as the sapling grows in distress, so do people. The more that we are pressed, grow. But where we can, we can, we can and should use backwards induction to make the most out of bad situations and to grow in the most in every direction. Lastly, I want to mention that I have wanted to write an episode on backwards induction since before the fire, really since I launched this podcast. The big reason why I've put it off for so long is because backwards induction utilizes a visual tool and the podcasting platform doesn't allow for me to share that visual tool. So for those listening, if you are near your computer or on your phone and not driving a car or operating heavy machinery, please open a Google tab and search for backwards induction in the image search. You will see that the visual representation of a backwards induction model is a tree. This visual will help you to better understand how to apply backwards induction in your personal and professional life. So jumping in, what is backwards induction? 
Backwards induction in game theory is an iterative process of reasoning backward in time from the end of a problem or situation to solve finite extensive form and sequential games and infer a sequence of optimal actions. In other words, backwards induction is the process of reasoning backwards in time from the end of a problem or situation sequence of actions that will result in the most optimal outcome. So how can we apply this to marketing? The marketing application is achieving optimal outcomes with backwards induction. As I mentioned before, backwards induction can be used in a variety of marketing, leadership, and personal situations. But how do you start? This is how I approach my decision-making situation, and I am going to give a basic diagram construct. There are many layers of information you can add to a backwards induction model, but even the most basic model will provide fresh direction. So how do you get started constructing your backwards induction model? 1. Assess the situation. You can't begin to make any decisions without first assessing the situation. Consider all of your resources, your obstacles, your weaknesses, etc., etc. 2. Consider possible outcomes. What would you like to happen? What could happen that you don't want to happen? What are some alternative outcomes? On your first model, maybe start with two or four possible outcomes. As you become more comfortable with the process, go ahead and add complexity. Now from those possible outcomes comes number three, move backwards one step. What has to happen in order for outcome A to happen and what has to happen for outcome B to happen? Do you need additional resources, money, staff? Is it a timing issue? And four, continue to work backwards with each step bringing you back to your current position. Keep in mind that, you, that one of your branches may have additional levels as additional things need to happen in order to achieve that outcome. Now five, assign a payoff amount for each individual branch of the tree, starting with your current position and ending with all possible outcomes. Keep it simple, maybe use a scale of one to five, one being very low payoff and five being the highest payoff. Or if you need more complexity, use a scale of one to 10. As you become more versed in backwards induction, use whatever scale you would like. You could even use 1 to 1 million if it makes sense. And negative numbers can also make a lot of sense in backwards induction. Now 6. Assign an according probability for each payoff. For example, you might assign a 1 million utility or payoff to winning the lottery, but what is the probability of actually winning? and seven, then multiply your payoff by your probability. Let's take an example. So let's say you are a travel company that specializes in Japan travel and you are looking to launch a new product of self-drive vacations in Japan. You would start with the end of the problem and let's say we have four possible outcomes. One, you launch the product and your competitor does as well. Two, you launch the product and your competitor does not. Three, you don't launch the product, but your competitor does. And four, you do not launch the product and your competitor does not. Obviously, there are additional possible outcomes, but we'll keep it simple in this model. After completing the model, you find that your possible outcomes are as follows, but keeping in mind that these are subjective numbers and estimated probabilities. Option one, you launch the product and your competitor d does as well. You assign a subjectively weight of utility of 4. Option 2. You launch the product and your competitor does not. You assign a subjectively weighted utility of 12. Option 3. You don't launch the product and your competitor does is negative 12. And 4. Neither launch 
that's a negative 1. In this example, launching the product will give you a higher expected utility than not launching, regardless of whether or not your competitor launches the product as well. Therefore, time, budget, and other constraints in mind, you would launch the product. And as I mentioned, it isn't difficult to think of complexity that can and should be added to the simplistic model. For example, you could launch the product, but it doesn't do well, or whether you launch it or not, travel to Japan could take a dive due to global pandemic, flight restrictions, earthquake, tsunami, or even a nuclear disaster. You could launch it at a higher price than your competitor or a lower price and the implications from that. Or you could offer a luxury product with luxury accommodations where your competitor may choose lower quality accommodations. You might choose to launch it but not pay, put any of your marketing budget behind it. A simple model is a great start, but decisions are complex, and the more you get accustomed to uh, this style of decision making, the more complexity you will be able to add to your model. Wrapping it up, understanding how we as humans make decisions is an important part of marketing. Behavioral economics is the study of decision making and can give keen insight into buyer behavior and help to shape your marketing mix. Backwards induction in game theory is an iterative process of reasoning backward in time from the end of a problem or situation to solve finite extensive form and sequential games and infer a sequence of optimal actions. In this episode, I considered achieving optimal outcomes with backwards induction using examples of when when this, time, when this type of decision-making process comes in handy and the basic steps to create a backwards induction model. If you are enjoying the Behavioral Economics and Marketing podcast, please leave us a review, like it, share it with your friends and family, and follow us online. Thank you for listening to another episode of Behavioral Economics and Marketing. This is Sandra Thomas-Gamenaugh.